0: Crypto markets just saw a major dump, a huge move to the downside. Yesterday, when we were streaming, it was 45,700 Bitcoin. Now it's about 42,500. All of this apparently coming on a rumor that the ETF might get rejected. We're going to talk about that, why that notion is actually nonsense for this move. And I've got the best possible guest today. The stars align. They gave me a major volatility and Raul Paul both right around 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Can't wait to discuss this with him, and of course, to look at charts on the back end with Chris Inks, Texas West Capital. Let's go. Let's go. What is up, everybody? I'm Scott Melker, also known as the Wolf of Wall Street. Before we get started, please subscribe to the channel and hit that like button. I'm not going to waste any time because I don't have that much of it. Raul, Matrixport. (laughs) I, I read this. I go to Twitter. I see the market dumping. I'm like, so what excuse do we have today? We all know that it's leverage. We'll get into that. But what excuse? A guy with no inside information on anything said in a report that he thinks because... It's a bunch of democrats that we might not get a bitcoin spot etf approved
1: i mean who the fuck is matrix port who's ever heard of them until today
0: i think that's Jihan wu's uh it started as uh it was a mining and then i think it was sort of actually like one of these yield platforms so i think it started as sort of a celsius one of those competitors i mean here's what he said right uh the current five-person voting commissioner's leadership critical for the etf approval of the sec is dominated by democrats i mean that that's basically his premise here We were bullish before. Now we're not bullish, but we still think the year will be good. And here we go with this massive uh, event. But what I I think really happened here—I mean, just for the record—is really clear. I talked about it yesterday: 500 million in liquidations. This says one hour, but it's 10 minutes. 500 million, 95% longs. Yesterday, talked about it at length. That annualized funding rates were 66% to be long.
1: I mean, humans love sex and leverage like nothing else. It's kind of what drives them. And I think the leverage is all about sex. Look how rich I am. Look how big my bags are. It's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I I keep saying to people, don't fuck this up. And leverage is the classic way to fuck it up. If you think about Solana, it's had a peak to trough 36% pullback. Now, Even if you were mild three times leverage and the general degens are much more than three times levered, you get wiped out. It's like, stop doing that, please. Just stick with the program. Don't fuck this up. I don't think they'll ever learn.
0: Is it because people just feel like they need to get rich quick, the lack of patience and I've got to do it now?
1: In what world does Solana go up 10x in a year and you don't think there's enough juicy price action for you that you simply must leverage it? I mean, what world is that? (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's absolutely insane. Just to be clear, you know, we obviously look to the experts when things like this happen. This is Eric Balchunas from Bloomberg, who I had on last week. People tagging me like crazy on this rejection report. We've heard nothing to indicate anything but approval. But I want to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. So I'm asking if he has any sources or if he's just speculating. He seems to be a Bitcoin bull. and recently tweeted, executive said approval likely. So unsure why we flipped. So... Listen, this isn't the reason, right? I, this is a catalyst for somebody. Somebody's always sitting there when there's over leverage and it's all to one side, waiting for any little thing that they can use to sell off a bit and spark this. Yeah, and don't off, forget, right? I mean, this was there coming. are a
1: lot of short-term traders in this space with a lot of capital, right? The, the main institutional capital in this space is actually trading firms. There's very few hedge funds um, and there's very few big institutions. So these guys see that massive buildup in leverage, they wait for something, and then they press it and everyone gets liquidated and they make a ton of money from it. It's classic kind of market maker price action. It would have happened on the New York Stock Exchange floor, It happens in the futures exchanges, it happens always. But the one thing just before I came on today, I went back and looked at the 2015 to 18 bull market. We had 11, 20% pullbacks. Or more. Many of them were 35, 38%. In the last cycle, um, from the 2020 low, not even the 2019 low, from the 2020 low, we had eight corrections over 15%. Some happened in a day and some happened over three weeks. So it, it's normal.
0: Yeah. And it, we say it all the time, but somehow it's mind-blowing when it happens and we're rotating and the bear market is back and it's over, right? I mean, this is Tenish percent move. It is nothing. Of course, all coins get rocked a lot harder. But actually, we've had a pretty decent bounce here. This went all the way down to. I'm looking on Coinbase about forty thousand six hundred. Pretty big. Like I said, that twenty four hours ago, I remember saying forty five thousand seven hundred. We're on our way.
1: <laughs> the issue is, it doesn't even give you enough time to go and search the sofa for any spare change. You know, rifling through your jean pockets, looking for any cash. It's all over and done with. Um, and before you know it, you know, as somebody was saying, I think it was um, um, OSF was saying now it'd be hilarious if they approved the ETF today.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's been speculation that that's very likely to happen, at least that they'll find out that they're approved, you know, with the ability to launch. We may not hear about it, but a lot of people believing that the process is happening today, tomorrow. And frankly, does it matter if it happens today or in a week or even in three months?
1: At no, It's all? irrelevant. It's irrelevant
0: yeah but you know what the greatest top signal is i have to play this video i'm sorry because we saw it yesterday and then the market drops 10 percent but i do think that the people who are in it for that are going to use that as a chance to sell
2: this thing Uh. is
0: you can't kill it can't. and the late
1: charlie munger who was so uh brilliant on so many things was blind to this Now you can say, wait a second, maybe it's all going to come around. Jamie Dimon has
0: not spared any uh, negative words. No, but look, I mean, it's a reality, and it's a technological marvel, and I think people have to start recognizing that it's here to stay. The SEC has been against
2: it almost the whole time.
0: Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that every one of these is here to stay, but I do think that it's about, this is a remarkable comeback that was unexpected. Totally. Except for, for all the bulls who turned out to be right. Gensler does a lot of jawboning.
1: Didn't work. It Didn't you know, work. One, I mean, I think mean, Jim Cramer, hilarious, and he's a great meme for all of us. But the other thing is, I'm just watching CNBC, and it just looks like of an older, different age. It's like a world that doesn't exist anymore. Its daily viewing figures are less than you and I will get on this show. It's It's kind of, it's, and yet we kind of, the space still looks at it for some sort of validation. It's ridiculous. Um, You know?
0: Yeah. And it's amazing how much he's flip-flopped. It's one of those things, actually, like he's saying the right thing. I'm glad to hear it. I 100% agree with it. It's just incredible what the market does the minute that that he (laughs) flip-flops. I, it's they had the inverse Kramer ETF. I would love to see the performance of it if it includes Bitcoin, but it's pretty comical to see this go down.
1: Okay, it's so like the, It's like Capo and his tweeting as well. Oh you my know, god, everyone's... did you see this one? No. Wait.
0: I have just been informed of what really happened. At 4:48 AM, Capo <laughs> took his first long. Since 2022. I hate making fun of this guy. Honestly, I think everybody I don't even know who he is,
1: but it's just a great meme, right? From
0: the exact moment the entire market nuked, the timing is incredible. And it shows him taking an AVAX long for a scalp. And this is literally, I think, the first time he's posted about a long position since the dead bottom. And it was, I mean, to like within 20 minutes, the market started to move. (laughs) How is this possible? Come on.
1: I don't know, but we've all top tick markets before.
0: Yeah, I'm the I'm the master of that, no doubt. Okay, so listen, I think that we both agree that this is a liquidation event. It caused the cascade. This is the classic situation. So I guess then the question is what comes next? Like, does this uh, in any way impact your view of what's happening here in the market? For me, we're literally trading at the same price as two days ago on Bitcoin.
1: Two yeah, days I mean, ago. My another mantra that I have. When you're in the middle of a bull market that has the macro behind it, is it's all fucking noise. It's just noise. And so you know, has the main thesis changed? Is the world becoming less digital or more digital every day more? Are investors who aren't exposed to it getting more interested in it? Yes. Is there capital flow coming in? Yes. Is the business cycle supportive? Are liquidity conditions supportive? Yes. In which everything else? is noise. So it doesn't change anything. It actually gives it a higher probability of rising, and it gives it a higher probability of rising because you flushed out the leverage.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that- it literally cannot continue up with uh, those funding rates and that much open interest. So uh, I think that uh, it's just a classic move. So for me, I still think we still get a massive move up if we get the actual approval now.
1: I, obviously. If we'd gone in with such high funding, we'd have had to sell off after the event. Now we can have a rally and maybe a sideways consolidation before it actually goes live, right? So we've got announcement and then live date, and then the masses need need to be mobilized. And so there's gonna be waves of of that happening. So my general mental model could be dead wrong is we rally into it, rally after it, sideways consolidate for, you know, a month while everybody starts launching this thing, the tickers come out, you know, you can start trading it and the RAAs go around talking to their clients. And then by March, it all starts going batshit crazy.
0: Yeah. So the premise of a lot of this obviously is this institutional wall of capital. I have a clip of you that my producer just shared from 2020. And I want to see what you said here and see if you still agree with it. Are you ready? Here we go. Go for it.
1: bullish calls out there uh, for Bitcoin, not just the a million dollar mark, but a million dollars within five years. Yeah, I think that's about right. Um, and that, whether it's five years, six years, we're going to go through two of these halving cycles. Um, and just from what I know from all of the institutions, all of the people I speak to, there is an enormous wall of money coming into this. It's an enormous wall of money. Just the pipes aren't there to allow people to do it yet. And that's coming, but it's on everybody's radar screen, and there's a lot of smart people working on it. So I think it's going to be not because the world's collapsing, it's because there's going to be adoption by the real large pools of capital.
0: Right. I can obviously ask the question, is 1 million Bitcoin still possible, but that's the noise. That doesn't matter. I think we all think that's possible. And like you said, five, six, seven years, but that was a pretty prophetic prediction, because you were talking about the institutional wall of capital, which the ETF is the single greatest unlock for that, in my opinion, and the idea that the pipes would finally be ready, which is the same sort of concept. We all know that in 2020, they just couldn't come in. Like, was BlackRock going to just store it on their ledger in a safe and hope for the best? Like, it didn't
1: exist. Well, don't forget, Rick Reeder did buy it. I think he used the futures contract. He bought it. He's their big risk taker. So we did see institutional adoption, but it was like early as the, the true pipes weren't there and now it's all there and they've all done the work on it and they all understand it. So, you know, we've seen the work that, you know, you've had Sandy on from Franklin Templeton. We've seen, um, obviously the Fidelity team. These guys have been working throughout. People like Bitwise, Hunter Horsley, they've been out working all the way through the bear market, educating people, getting people in place, getting the right product, ramping up their teams. It's coming.
0: I mean, somebody said it in the comments, but it's not like they're shooting commercials and spending money on these things if they don't think they're going to get approved, right? I played the Hashtags commercial, the Bitwise commercial, the VanEck commercial yesterday. That that would be a pretty big waste of money uh, if these things aren't coming. So do you think that the institutional wall of money is sitting there waiting for this product? Do you think the demand will be there? We've seen these really mixed sort of predictions, even from the experts It'll be a billion dollars in a week, you know, like BITO was forty-eight hours, and then some saying maybe it's thirty or forty million in the first month, right? I, I, I so, don't know how to yeah, gauge that.
1: I've always said it's a function of price. So if price, you know, last year was the best advert you wanted for an ETF to launch, if you'd have launched the ETF in November twenty twenty-two, you'd have raised thirty million bucks, and everyone would have been embarrassed.
0: <laughs> yeah, like the future. You raise it after the the Bitcoin.
1: Bitcoin's done 150% last year. That's pretty interesting to people. Um, so now, are the institutions going to use the ETF? Mostly not. It's mostly of the RAAs. It's really for individual investors. Um, so those pools of capital and the individuals, it makes it just super easy because they can just use their brokerage app, or they can use their RAA because then they can get fees on top, so they're incentivized to do it. Um, will some pension funds do it yes but they still really don't know how to deal with this asset class yet and they want more regulatory clarity i mean it helps with an etf so we will we will see it you know one of the headlines that will come across the tape in 2024 is some monster pension fund has taken a monster sized position in Bitcoin. It's not just Bill Miller and Texas teachers. It'll be a bunch of others. And, um, you know, we will see those headlines. They will be the pioneers to show the way to others that you could do it much like Paul Tudor Jones was a pioneer in getting the hedge funds to start trading it, because he was pretty early into into getting on board with it.
0: Yeah, his fastest horse in the race comment arguably sparked the entire last bull run. Of course, alongside MicroStrategy uh designed to buy and put it on their balance sheet. I don't know if you saw, it, but Sailor now apparently is selling like 230, 240 million in MicroStrategy uh, stock. I bet we know where that money's gonna go.
1: <laughs> is okay. at some point is he gonna sell any of his own stock?
0: Uh, that, I mean, that's what he was doing. I think he's selling his own MicroStrategy stock, but the implication that he's going to himself buy more Bitcoin with it. I mean, the guy <laughs> is... But you, you have to respect the absolute conviction in doing it and that he's been right even through these cycles. I mean, people like us who have been around a while, you're willing to wait 10, 20 years for something to happen. But then you get on the in the uh, you know court of public opinion and if you're not profitable in six months, you're the worst investor that ever exis- existed on the planet, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah, always the case. Look, I mean, he's been very single-minded and I would argue brave because, you know, you're using leverage by issuing convertible notes to buy, uh, you know, and it could have gone horribly wrong had the last cycle got worse, the down cycle. Um, But he did it. And, you know, there's generally the people who make obscene amounts of money generally take quite a lot of risk. Um, Yeah. And
0: for those the only that way. don't
1: make it aren't recorded, and everyone forgets those who don't make it. But they'll remember the winner, the person who managed to get it right.
0: And good. I for think him. he'll go down as one of the greatest investors of all time. But this is a good opportunity, I think, for us to sort of give a reset on our previous conversations. Obviously, we had the podcast, you know, a few a few weeks back. We talked about Solana. Uh, and you were extremely bullish on it, uh, that was probably three X ago. At this point, it was a couple months ago, I think. Uh, you talked about getting this natural retrace uh, that was obviously coming after you do a move that large, you know, 20 X. What do you uh, is Solana still your main focus for the upcoming bull market and that ecosystem? You were obviously very bullish on ETH in the last cycle. I'm actually starting to think that ETH is going to catch up massively soon. Um, that's sort of my uh, premise at this point after the Solana move. I'm wondering where you stand on all of it.
1: So, yeah, my thesis remains unchanged. So I'm mainly denominated in Solana. Second is e- <coughs> ETH. And like you, I think ETH has a big catch up as soon as this ETF is done. So that pause after the ETF is announced is, I think, the start of the ETH run. Because it's very simple. Let's say a billion dollars of speculative capital went in to speculating on the Bitcoin ETF. Okay, once that news is out, you'll sell. Then what do you do? Oh, the ETH ETF, well, that's going to come by maybe June. So in which case, that billion dollars goes into ETH. Now what's interesting about ETH is it's a third of the size of Bitcoin currently. So if you put the same billion dollars into an asset that's a third of the size, it probably goes 3x more than Bitcoin did. And you know, ETH with the deflationary asset, the more activity, the less ETH is around. And all of the staking means there's not a lot of liquid ETH around if this happens. So it could get very, very squeezy. So yeah, I think that. And maybe at some point, it'll play a bit of catch up to Solana. I think Solana beats it all cycle. But there'll be legs when ETH does really well, much like Bitcoin started off out of the gates faster than anything. Uh, then Solana caught up and well ex- exceeded it. I think ETH's chance is next.
0: Yeah, we've seen sort of this classic cyclical action of capital, but it hasn't necessarily been just from, say, Solana to AVAX to hopefully ETH or something like that. But we've seen the entire ecosystem sort of move together. So is there anything that you're watching more deeply within these ecosystems that's particularly interesting to you? I've always said to people, hey, man, just buy the layer one because you're not going to do the work to find the thing in that ecosystem that goes 100x. (laughs) You'll get the value of the actual, you know, layer one token, but there's some pretty interesting things happening in these ecosystems. Solana in particular.
1: Yes, there are. And it's I'm not smart enough to do it. You know, I start up an asset management company called Exponential Age Asset Management XPAM that actually invests in it's a fund of hedge funds, so invests in digital asset hedge funds. So they go out and do the work and do it because that's their job. I'm just not smart enough to find it. One thing I do know is some tokens with new charts will do well, who's that going to be? Is that going to be, you know, what, you know, we've seen it with Bonk, you know, could it be with any of the others, a whole bunch of these, and that's a bit of a crapshoot who gets adoption. The one thing that for everybody else to bear in mind is that these cycles tend to play out the same way. So it tends to start with crypto spring, is Bitcoin dense? We then start transitioning later spring, and it seems to be always DeFi season. I don't know why, but DeFi season starts taking off. Then you start hitting alt season when global liquidity starts increasing year on year. Alt season hits, and ETH starts outperforming Bitcoin, and then you get some of these ridiculous uh, tail events. Also, NFTs lag. So we're still in, we're kind of like we were beginning of last year in in crypto where some of the NFTs have found a base and are rallying. Others are still bleeding. Obviously, some of those will go to zero, obviously. But that NFT space, it really takes off when ETH goes to all-time highs. Um, that's what happened last time around. And then it utterly explodes because everyone's got money to recycle. it buy trophy assets. Everybody wants to buy a punk. And then off it goes again. So we've got that madness still to come. We've still got another leg meme coin madness dog coin madness comes later still so that's in q2 is kind of dog coin madness to come so all of the the, the psychology of, of psychology of the degens that will play out as 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 normal plus the sensible bets of the the right layer 1s
0: yeah i mean the cycles make perfect sense because it's just people looking for larger gains and more risk as they get bored with whatever they just made money on, (laughs) you know, if uh, ETH does it, well, now I got to beat ETH. I got to get into NFTs or layer twos or whatever it is. And I, for one believe that this will be an even bigger cycle and bigger version of that.
1: This is something I'm toying with. So here's my probability set. 60% chance it's a regular cycle, uh, somewhat like the last cycle, but maybe a bit more like the previous cycle, that 2017, that got a little bit crazy. I think there's a 20% chance that maybe it all gets front-loaded because we get all of the retail demand via the ETF, and it actually is a shorter cycle than expected. If you think the previous cycle was actually a bit stunted versus where people's expectations were, maybe this is stunted in terms of time. The other outcome I've got, the other 20% chance is that this is a a gigantic bubble cycle, somewhere between the 2012-13 version and the 2015, because... Everybody can now participate, and total fucking madness ensues. And I don't know which one of those three it's going to be, but they've all got a decent chance.
0: Maybe it's my uh, bags and future wealth talking, but I lean towards the latter. But I do have a premise for that, and I'll tell you why. Because if you
1: think if you think about, everybody was a little bit shocked that we didn't have a final leg last time around. So they now got that imprint, like they've all been waiting for the down 50% leg, the COVID leg, which is not going to happen again. So they're now all expecting that it to be a smaller cycle. And I always look for where can the crowd be wrong, but still be right, which is like it's going up, but it goes up more.
0: My feeling is that it might continue to be a dampened or smaller cycle for Bitcoin, which we've seen sort of each, uh, you know, having cycle goes up 1000%, 20%, 3%, whatever the numbers are, right? Uh, from the previous all time high. But I think people underestimate just how degenerate these TradFi guys are. And once they come in through the Bitcoin ETF and once they get a taste for this market, wait until they find out about meme coins and altcoins and NFTs. And that real liquidity comes in there. So I think that uh, we get the inevitable trickle down of even. Institutional traders, I'm not saying that pension funds are buying punks, but I think that uh, there's going to be just an unexpected boom in capital, and that's going to flow through that same cycle that we talked about before.
1: Everybody's been through that cycle. You have, I have, everybody. Is you come in on Bitcoin, and then you walk into the candy store, and it's like, holy shit, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And before you know it, you're doing ridiculous things you should never be doing and having a lot of fun doing it even knowing that it's crazy.
0: I mean, if you're doing it with profits and not your rent, then uh, you know. I think in a small percentage thereof, I think, have at it. Is anything at this point in the macro cycle, we've talked about the four years everything cycle, obviously people can go back and listen to that. But is there anything in the macro that's concerning you that you think could stifle this process?
1: No. So my forward-looking indicator of liquidity, going up. The business cycle following that path, inflation falling, look at true inflation. It, it was down at two point whatever again, you know, I still think it goes to zero. Um, and then following it will be the core inflation will keep deflating unemployment, who knows, I think it rises a little bit from here. Um, but that's enough to bring the Fed into action. You know, will they use the balance sheet and print? Well, somehow they got to roll all of this debt. Maybe they don't. Maybe they figure a different way. Maybe they incentivize the banks to take it on board. Doesn't matter. It's the liquidity that matters. So I don't see anything on the horizon that changes any of this. And if you think about one of the big things that people were worried about was China. But cut to a month and a half ago, and she's got a smiling face in California, shaking hands with Gavin Newsom, talking about, what well, we should all be working together. But well, that tells me for this cycle, that's taken that risk off the table too. So, you know, where is the risk here?
0: Uh, yesterday on Macro Monday on a Tuesday, uh, we sort of reviewed, there was an article in Bloomberg reviewing basically the 2024 predictions of every meaningful Wall Street institution and they were all the same, and there was nobody willing to say anything dramatic in either direction. Almost every single one of them said, we see inflation being a bit sticky, maybe a very mild and shallow recession. Maybe we trade sideways. It was like everyone was hedging their bets because they were wrong in 23.
1: Everybody was wrong, Um, and it was clear as day to me then, and it remains clear as day to me now. Sure, there will be upsets on the way. We've got to get through an election. And we don't know what madness is going to ensue in this election. We don't know what content we're going to be consuming that's AI, that gets us enraged, and then we start hating each other, um, and it won't have been real content. The, who knows what stories, what fears the market has about, You know, is Trump going to impose a 10% tariff on everything? Is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? So we will go through some volatility, but generally speaking, election years are all about the government giving out candy, to appease the voters, and that's more yeah. cowbell in my in my mind, yeah,
0: I don't see a situation where that doesn't happen. So I want to ask you before I let you go anecdotally because obviously you have real vision. And I can tell with my traffic or Twitter followers or how many people show up to a stream exactly what price is doing, right? The biggest days are always obviously the biggest days are when it goes up or down massively. But the general trend is everything's dead when the market's dead, and all of a sudden people start coming back out of the woodwork. Are you seeing it in your business, this sort of bullish progression of prices and the everything going up? Are you seeing a ton of movement with new subscribers, interest, things like that?
1: Yes. People are starting to feel confident again, right? And it took them a long time through 2023 to start to believe, start to believe that the economy could recover, that it wasn't going to hell in a handbasket. And it was, it was okay to be bullish again, and look, it's just the business cycle, and that's normal. It took people a while. It took people a while to recover from, but my crypto went down 75%. I'm like, no shit, Sherlock, it does this all the time. You know, <laughs> you'll just hang on, stick with it, don't fuck this up. So, yes, we're seeing confidence come back. You're seeing more engagement in videos. You're seeing a lot more interest in crypto again. People are starting to say, I get it now, um, all of that kind of stuff. So that's been great. We've also, um, we've got a, you know, as we built this new platform that I've mentioned before, there's a whole free component now, and we've built education for people that's free as well. So people just go to realvision.com forward slash Scott, go there, it's free. But there's there's whole education about crypto to not fuck this up. We're just trying to help as many people as possible as you are. Just help them navigate this, because once you've been around the block a few times, you know how it plays out. I
0: know I'm supposed to let you go, but when you, you keep saying, don't fuck this up, I know you had an epic video about it maybe a month ago. I saw it reshared, I think, today on Real Vision. What can people do really quickly
1: to not fuck this up? Don't use leverage. Today proved it. Don't tra- Don't overtrade. Just hold, have patience. If you're going to have a D Gen book, have 10% of your assets in your Gen book and keep off DeFi don't go out trying to lend stuff for fancy returns because you get rug pulled. If you're not careful, you've got you've added a layer of risk. And before you know it, you don't own your coins anymore. And the game is over for you. So don't do that. Also, look, most exchanges nowadays are high quality and relatively safe. But if you can, you should not keep your coins on an exchange that exposes other risks. So you need to have wallet hygiene. Just Store things on different ledger devices or whatever. Um, Don't store it in one wallet. Don't use that wallet for everything because then everybody sees your wallet and you can be open to a scam. So just do that and, and just don't FOMO into the shiny thing because that is a sure way of losing money. And just step back. Let the madness ensue. Have a smile on your face. Watch it, but try not to get caught up in it. If you do, use your 10% of your book to get caught in the madness so you can laugh at yourself because I guarantee that 90% of you will lose 90% of the money in that book. Some will. Some of your friends will make the 100X and you'll, you'll be always thinking, I can be them. You won't be. You never will be.
0: Yeah. I would say if you're already exposed to this market and uh, you're feeling any sort of emotion, just do nothing and wait. Because you're probably whatever you're holding right now is
1: very likely
0: to be many multiples up, you know, by 2025. Than it I mean, is half now of me
1: wishes it. that we didn't have businesses to run. I could just turn off all my computers, go around the world, go off, you know, sp- spend six months in Africa, go and do something, and come back, and it would be so much easier.
0: Yeah, to prevent yourself from making bad decisions. It's funny. Yeah. I think one of the time when we were talking in person, you were like in person. It must have been in. March. So it's still a while ago and the market was doing well. And you were like, I'm already checking my portfolio twice a day. So something here is happening. I was like twice a day, even twice every 10 minutes, <laughs> twice, if twice a day for you as FOMO, then you're doing really, really well. I Andy. try,
1: I really try not to, but it, it flashes at you. And if not, what I've now done to feed the inner DGEN is I've got like on CoinMarketCap, the, uh, the kind of um, smaller tokens and speculative stuff that I've got. And I check that all the time. Don't even check the yeah. P and I'm just like, are they up, up or down twenty percent today? Because they invariably are up and down twenty so percent.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the, the casino is always open there. And by the way, as as I as I let you go, if you need any final counter indicator, Schiff is tweeting about uh, how bad the Bitcoin spot ETF is going to be for everyone. Just See the, in case gold, you want the to,
1: gold. The gold. Yeah. The gold people really hate the ETF. They think it broke their world, like they thought the futures. And yes, look, there is a. A reality of the fact that this is keeping money inside the TradFi system. But we also know it's like tourists, they go on holiday, look at this great country. Like you come to the Cayman Islands, you start thinking, maybe I could move there. And before you know it, you know, you buy an apartment there or whatever it is, right? People, as you said before, they come in through the Bitcoin ETF, they look around and like, I want some of that meme coin ridiculousness or NFTs or I want a Sport a Punk. And before you know it, they're in crypto land. Full time. So,
0: well, they're all welcome here, man. Thank you so much for uh, your time, and and hopefully after this cycle, we can all move to the Caymans. <laughs> 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 exactly, it's lovely, man. That's definitely better than whatever I'm doing with my life. It made me feel bad. All right, man. Everybody, follow Raul. Obviously, I know you already are. Uh, you have your own YouTube now, so those videos yeah, are can incredible. You can like,
1: find me on YouTube, uh, Raul Powell, the Journeyman. Tons of great stuff. My big macro thesis, crypto thesis, is there. It came out over Christmas and New Year. Um, go and watch that. And if you want the free Real Vision experience with the AI and the, all of the videos and the transcripts and the education stuff and everything else, just go to realvision.com forward slash Scott. It's all free. So knock your socks off. mean, amazing.
0: amazing, dude. Thank you so much. We're going to do this again soon. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you.
1: All right, my friend. Take care, everyone. See you soon. Wow.
0: That was uh, awesome. I'm used to having at least an hour with Raul, so it's hard for me to even have a 30-minute conversation with a big brain like that. I do want to move to the game, and so I'm going to be honest. It's uh, really, really appealing. So, uh, guys, it's not done. We're not done. We've got our normal Wednesday here, and what a better day to look at charts with Chris Friggs of Texas West Capital. Dude, you brought – there's 4,400 people who showed up to YouTube Another five hundred right now watching on Twitter, all because yeah. you're here. Yeah, I, I wish. I wish. I get so much all pain. here for you. It's incredible.
2: <laughs> Great job. Um,
0: Great job. Man, so I, yeah, I man. Tell you,
2: you know, I was listening there with uh, with you and Raul there, and, and man, I, I am one hundred percent behind what he said there at the end about overtrading and uh, you know about just kind of holding on a bit and you know not getting shaken out by the short moves and you know and the fact that uh, really I, I'm big on what he said about you know. 90 plus percent of y'all are going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to see your, somebody get a hundred times on something. You'd be like, oh man, I can do that too. But you can't and you won't. And most of those people that got it are lucky. Um, you know, uh, very few of them are actually skilled that get it right. All of them are just like hoping and, and whatever. And so the thing is, if you're using proper risk management, um you know, and, and you're taking profits along the way, you're going to be a lot further ahead than what most people end up being, um, you know, when they go through a bull cycle. I said the other day on, on Twitter, there on X, I posted, uh, and I said that, uh, you know, just because it's a bull market doesn't guarantee that you're going to make money. Um, a lot of people lose money in the bull market. And so you got to know what you're doing. You know, you can't just hope, either that or buy and hold. And then you still got to hope a bit if, if you're getting something really kind of crazy out there, but if you're buying and holding Bitcoin or Ethereum, whatever most likely you're going to make money. So
0: Yeah, uh, that, that's what I said. Like, if you're exposed now, man, go uh, go touch some grass and get out of here. Like Raul said, I think that's true. But I mean, you've got to take a look at Bitcoin here, obviously on the daily. Yeah. The first thing that I noticed here, just on my end is the last time we were at the 50 MA was 26,700-ish all the way back in October, right? And you generally get these mean reversion touches. It didn't break. But if you want to look where this move, Basically died. I mean, within a couple hundred bucks. I think the 50 MA is about forty thousand nine hundred. This went to forty thousand six hundred. That's where we bounced. I'm not saying we're going to permanently bounce, but no big coincidence that I think that's where we saw a uh, bounce on a daily 50. And then, of course, we had this bull uh, I mean, it's a bull It was a classic bull pennant. Looked beautiful. Volume on the breakout. Oh, bad. So that didn't work out as planned. Uh, reminding us that technical analysis doesn't work every single time, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, you know, it's, it's all in how you look at it. And, and you know, here's the thing. Technical analysis is a big, broad, um, you know, grouping, right? So you have everybody from classical chartists to uh, Elliott Wave to Wyckoff to price action, you know, specifically maybe ICT or something like that. So, I mean, there's a lot of different um things under technical analysis, right? And not everything reads the same way. So for me, um, this is kind of how I'm looking at this. So we've got this range here. Uh, We have a great drop off in volume throughout the range here. We got this rejection, this moved out. It has not printed a lower low right now. So right now I'm really interested. There's a lot of volumes, a volume spike on that coming down, but it's getting caught down here in these wicks where all this demand is, right? This is low volume node. Um, I've shown this chart. This is something I posted on the weekly. It was talking about, you know, before we broke out, how we had this bullish consolidation on top of this. uh, At the time, there's the blue pivot there and whatnot. Um, But, yeah, I mean, for me right now, it looks like a diagonal. So if we're popping up, if we can even zoom in more here, you can see it's just three waves down. So ABC here. The retracement, I think, is right around 70 and a half, which is uh, institutional pullback level. Let me see there. Oh, no, it actually went down a bit further here. Well, let me see. Yeah, it went down a little bit further. It's to fine. To
0: the but anyway. Yeah.
2: But yeah, so it hits that low volume node, get, you know, grabs a bid, runs on up. 4-hour is almost oversold in Stoke RSI, RSI as well. I'm watching right now. If we rally up, this is just three waves down. So if we rally up above this swing high here, uh, it's right around 45519 on the Bitcoin-USD pair on Coinbase. But whatever chart you're looking at, it should be a 1, a 2, and a 3 like this, right? An ABC. If we're popping out above that without creating any more waves down, this is just uh, a wave one on the way up. And all of a sudden, we're looking at 54,000. So, I mean, you know, if, if we get this and we kind of measure this out here, uh, let's see here, one and two. Yeah, up here around 53 54,000, depending on what chart you're looking at. Um, and so, yeah, so it's just really important now what happens here. If we break down below here, okay, then we can look down lower. but as long as we're holding here, we're not making a new low on this big spike of volume coming off there. That that uh daily pivot is holding right there, man. That's just the first wave on that next series up, because it's a diagonal. And, and if it breaks out higher, it's not an ending diagonal; it's a leading diagonal, which makes it a wave one. So yeah, I
0: just, I just want to show this right now. On the last twenty-four hours, we're at six hundred and fifty-one million dollars in liquidation. DJ's going to eighty-nine percent longs, right? Then you go to, I mean. So obviously, it's 12 hours, 581. So most of it obviously happening recently. Four hours, 560. So there, and then one hour is only 25. So it all happened in that 10 or 15 minute period. Basically, when you dig into those numbers, over 500 million in a candle. Yep. I mean.
2: What, what are you going to do, right? We talk about it all the time and people still and, do it.
0: And it's liquidations. It's not even losses, yeah. right? So that doesn't even really include the people who properly mm-hmm. used risk management right this is a stop loss and just lost right. right i mean it's literally just the people who didn't even use a stop loss to get liquidated
2: yeah yeah that? and so you know i mean like i said we we you know warn about it all the time about becoming over leveraged and getting too frothy and you know and, and stuff like that and uh you know when it does that the market pays the price and you you know you kind of wash everybody out and you get back together if you need a narrative you know i'm not big on narratives i'm not big on you know fundamentals and all that other stuff i'll just look at charts but a lot of people talking about you know etfs and whatnot, and i find it quite compelling that we're getting this huge reset on a lot of time frames right before a potential etf approval right now yeah, is man. it approved or not i don't know but
0: you, we didn't want to be uh we didn't want to be at historically high funding rates and open interest massively it. overbought on everything going into it
2: exactly exactly so you know i don't know you know if if, if it gets approved we're reset i mean technically we're we're reset or resetting um across, you know, many, many time frames. So uh, you know, it gives it room to run. So yeah, I think, I think it's exciting I, to come up last few days here.
0: So nothing has changed for you in the sort of larger time frame views that you've had every week that we've showed up and talked.
2: <laughs> Forever, right? Just no, uh, a 10% we're still daily
0: flush, whatever doesn't doesn't affect you, doesn't, you know, you're you're not uh we don't think we're going to twelve thousand right now.
2: No, no, not at all. Unless it's
0: teeth, unless it's ETH, maybe.
2: <laughs> that's just a theory, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I've had forever and a day here since we got this one and two. I've had this wave three up here, at almost 52,000. And if this is a one, two, you know, taking us up to 53 or 54,000, that gets us right there with the target. So um, I feel pretty good about it. To me, nothing has happened again. We haven't lost support on there. We've got the range. Um, even if we do, I, I would caution people, though, even if we get a drop below that range low that I had on there, just watch. Don't immediately sell because it could always just be a spring, or just a, or a terminal shakeout just below it. Maybe hit this S1 pivot around thirty-eight thousand three hundred, and then take off and rock it back up. Um, so just be careful. Don't, don't assume it has to go down to. Yeah, everybody gets all bearish and it has to go to five thousand. You know, Capo's probably out there, te- you know, texting right now that uh, that he was right. And look, it's the end of the end again. And I don't know, man. You know, you just gotta be. I don't careful know if you saw
0: on Raul's Stream Capo took his first long this morning at 4.30 AM. What right before this? I'm not what? kidding. On AVAX, I shared it before. We had Jim oh Cramer God. yesterday, which is just funny. Whatever. It's not, it's just funny. Um, but yeah, Capo literally took a long. I'll have to now find the tweet again. But yeah, he, he took a long this this morning.
2: That's that's his first long, right? I mean, like I said, I think he was out- I think it was the first
0: public long that I've seen that he actually took uh, since sort of capitulating on the, I don't know, brutal.
2: ah, It is what it is. But i tell you what, guys, listen, here's the thing about trading. Um, Nothing on capital, just individually, but just specifically on doing, generally on doing that thing. If you're a trader and you think you know something that other people don't know, I mean, jump on it. You know, trading's all about asymmetric information it's all about knowing something that somebody else doesn't know and taking advantage of that um you know if you say you know something and then you're not taking advantage of it do you really believe that you know it you know and and, and that's what it comes down to proper risk management at the end of the day guys it, it really is proper risk management so
0: yeah and uh, you know all of this triggered by the matrix port analyst that nobody knows or cares oh about God, yeah. uh, saying right. that the, like, and, and then <laughs> Yeah, you get, but you get the good takes, right? Met a lawman who I've on the show all the time, James Murphy. If the SEC were to not to deny all spot Bitcoin ETFs, the applicants would immediately sue, and the DC Court of Appeals would again rule that the SEC was arbitrary and capricious. The SEC gave every reason they had for denying Grayscale and loss. I expect multiple approvals on January 10th. I mean, that seems like a pragmatic, reasonable, and rational based on evidence uh, take almost likely to happen here.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, you know, again, for me, uh, you know, it's all about the charts. I know everybody likes to talk about all the other stuff because the other stuff feeds emotion, right? Um, if, if you, if you've got a, if you're, if you're in a trade and you say, okay, well, the trade has to go long. Well, what information can I find that supports what I'm saying? How can I twist that so that it really supports my emotional bias in this trade? And so, um, you know, but, I mean, people still try to do with charts as well. Uh, but it's not, it's not the same type of emotional um, connection that you often get with uh, with narratives. Narrative stories are very big for human beings. Uh, we use them in marketing and advertising and everything all the time because they work. Uh, but people use them when they're trading uh, because it makes them feel warm. It makes them feel better, right? If you can find, oh well, this guy saying this, then basically, oh, I'm as smart as they are, and so we're going to do this. You know, uh, got to be careful with that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, the charts are not looking bearish. <laughs>
0: Okay, so are you looking at any other charge specifically at the yeah, moment, the I'd way, love As, you do, as about- you do that, here it is. I have just been <laughs> informed of what really happened at 4.48 a.m. Kapo took his first long since 2022.
2: i the exact one with the entire market, dude. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's, it's uncanny. Uh,
2: it's uncanny. It's awful. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, so everybody's kind of talking about file and everything. And uh, we've got this great accumulation range going on here. We're just now getting ready to break out. Uh we should have a jump across the creek here, which is just basically this breakout through this um this supply here that's keeping everything down, which should be a decent sized candle, large candle spread, large spike of volume. Uh right now, again, all we've got is this pullback. Uh based on this being a one and a two, we've got a three up here at 2648. So um, I mean, that is, you know, that that's where I'm going with this. You can see we've got a lot of volume as we kind of broke out through the range here, up into this, up into this area. So all this where you would expect it. You know, anybody that went short over here is going to try and protect those shorts. Um, and those who missed are going to think, oh, I've got a second chance now. But, man, look at how quick that was bought back up. I mean, the, you know, this daily candle here, uh, let's drop it down to four-hour here. Look, I mean, look at, look at this. Three Less than three hours, man. It's down and right back up, over 50% back up. Um, you know, right there at the S1 pivot, especially if this thing closes above the, uh, the four-hour, well, the hourly pivot here. Um, I, I don't see a whole lot of reason to believe it won't continue up higher, um, but big picture is you know looking at least at twenty six forty eight right now um, with file on here. Uh, by the way, if we look at this as a one and a two here, you can see we hit wave three right here, basically. Perfect. Um, yeah. And then we pull back wave four, the one hundred percent. So wave five should be a ten dollar sixty one kind of cent target area right there. Take that. So yeah, file yeah. still looking good. I think it's got a long Results way to go got there.
0: Flushed. It's so crazy when you, even, you know, as many times as you see it to see what a like seven or eight percent instant move in Bitcoin does to all coins.
2: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, let me see here. I know I've got, where is my actual chart? Oh, it's right here. It's with all these. Oh, okay. Um. So, yeah, I've got some ones here. Uh, let's jump here to FTT real quick because people are crazy. Um, they're still buying that.
0: <laughs> we do not encourage you to trade the token of the debt exchange, but hey, it's got a chart.
2: But if you're charting it, if, you know, if you're trading, if you're in it, here's what I'm seeing at the moment. Um, you know, we've got basically a 50% pullback on a flat here, uh, ending diagonal. It looks like with a throw under of the wedge. So looking for an impulsive breakout above the wedge, especially above the uh, daily pivot here at about three dollars and nine, about four dollars. We can get an impulsive breakout. That's so a large candle spread, large spike of volume. I think that says wave four is done. Wave five got a minimum expected target up here of $10 and 40 cents, but damn, we've got this fair value gap all the way up here to uh, $25 and 47 cents. So I wouldn't be surprised <sighs> to see this potentially overextend on up there into that kind of area. But minimally, if we're getting a rally from where we're at here, probably looking about a $10 and 40 cent target initially anyway. Um Sam. If we do continue to come down further, I mean, my first thought is the S1 pivot here. It's right there around $19, and, I'm and sorry, $1.93. And then we'd wanna see a breakout back above the pivot. If we got that, we'd be long, a bit higher there. Uh, we can note that we got this, this dip down here, right into that low volume node. Uh, so if you guys are out there trading, you've got your VPVR on over here, your volume by price level, always be looking at these uh, low volume nodes. They give you a lot of area of resistance and support uh depending if you're below or above them. So again, you can see it hit that. It's bouncing. We'll see if we can get it rallied.
0: So we're largely looking for opportunities here on these dips. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, Go ahead. yeah. I mean, right now the rally's back up. You'll see them on a few of these charts. They look really good. So um it's very encouraging, right? Ldo USDT, this is the three-day chart. We can show you this nice resistance area here that we've kind of again not saying this is an ascending triangle, but we do have consolidating um, toward resistance here, we have the higher lows up toward this resistance area. It looks like a one-two-one-two. One, two. Again, think of things like Ethereum that I've charted out there, and there's a few others. Look at you know this one right here. um, This interior wave three minimum expected target of $11.97. The the larger three has a minimum expected target of $24.15. So once we break out through this, uh, worst case scenario is a little retest of it, and then kind of continuing up toward those. Two targets pretty easily, I think, um, going up there.
0: That's a nice chart. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I like that. I like the consolidation for yeah. the resistance again. Yeah. Um, OP. Look at that
0: retest. Yeah, look at that retest. Look and that's that right a blue there. sky, right? I mean, that's the all-time high.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, I, you know, again. ARB did that did. today,
0: too. I'm not sure where it is now, but ARB had a all-time high breakout, just like uh, a lot of these. Yeah,
2: yeah ARB's been running here lately, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah but look at that. I mean, yeah, you know, pull back to it. Uh, we touched it uh, right here on the way up. This is a three day as well, just to give you a kind of a cleaner picture here. Um, and then, you know, a pull back here again, just testing the pivot as support. If that thing holds, there's no reason why we shouldn't be rallying. And so I've got an initial target of $5 and 16 cents or so. Um, but usually, if we're testing the pivot here, we're out the R one. Usually, we'll just kind of come back toward the pivot again. So, you know, right above it here, probably around where we are at the moment, uh, and then we'll break out higher. So, um, initial target of five dollars sixteen cents or so, and then twenty seven twenty five, and then sixty dollars and ninety seven cents up there. So, yeah, I, th- I think these charts are great. With we're all talking about, hey, just kind of hold on to it for a bit. Don't don't get shaken on the small movements. Don't try and trade your way to you know the poorhouse. Uh, every you know, little move, you know. That's
0: bad. <laughs> Try to avoid that.
2: Let's see here. Yeah, I've man. got XLM. Um, we've got this nice range sitting right here. Again, same idea. You know, get got this great dip down into this uh, support down here in this wick, which hasn't been touched. This is a whole bunch of demand that hasn't been touched in this wick. So we got to hit here, rallied it back up. Basically, S1 pivot here on the daily is holding a support. Uh, if we close above it. And so, again, it's a three wave movement down. You can see that on this. Rally up, <coughs> excuse me. It's just a seven. There's my 70 and a half retrace. That's what I was talking about. Um, that's an institutional level almost to the tick. Uh, so based on the height of the swing high to swing low, you know, you got a pattern target of 17.3 cents. Um, and then I've actually got targets of about 18 and a half cents and t- almost 21 cents up here, 20.87 cents actually moving up there. So just looking I for just a up. I
0: love the dinosaurs. I love the dinosaurs.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. The things we, the things we made so much money on back there in, uh, yeah. What was it, man? What was it like? Two thousand. I mean, that was like
0: seventeen, eight. Yeah. 17, yeah, 18, man. We we're
2: popping yeah. in and out of that all the time. But yeah, if you're breaking out here above, what is this? A thirteen point three four cents. So about thirteen point three cents right here. Again, it's three waves down. So if you're breaking out above that, minimally should be the pattern target, but probably uh, these two targets as well. Coming on there. Uh, let's see here. I got two more here. It looks like I've got uh KCS USDT um, Again, if you zoom in it's it's it looks like a three-way of movement down here So we're just looking for a breakout back above getting out of this range. Uh, it's a 38 eight two pullback uh, If we can get this breakout here through the range, we're looking at 1894 $18.94 and then $21 and 45 cents if we do happen to break down not just a wick down but like really break down Again, we'll look at the S1 pivot, and then we want to see a rally and break back out above the pivot. If we can do that here on the daily, then that'll set us up for a new high coming out through there. And
0: right. Loving that. What's it? I said loving that.
2: <laughs> and again, uh, three-way movement down here. This is Rose. People have been asking about this. It's a three-way move. We've rallied you know, 50% or more back up already, back above this previous Um this previous uh, block here uh, demand block so we're back above that trying to close up back above that pivot again this is the daily um so again if we're down 3 and we're breaking out above that second wave there at uh, 1467 0.1467 uh initial target of 0.18866 secondary target of 0.31638 and third target of 0.41239 so None of those are straight up targets. Well, maybe the first one, but, um, you know, with these larger targets, just understand guys, you're going to rally up, pull back, rally up, pull back. Um, but that's where we kind of should be ha- heading at least uh, on these. So some good opportunities, good opportunities.
0: Love it. Love it. Uh, there, I see, uh, some amazing, by the way, uh, comments. Well, here's a question. I'm curious as to how all the leverage got flushed out across all the cryptos. It seemed planned and the big whales would have to have positions and everything. Uh, I don't think that the big whales have positions in everything. I think that once they trigger Bitcoin, mm-hmm. everything else just goes. And when you're at historically high open interest and funding rates, it does not take much in the spot market to push it. So uh, that I think that's more what happened. I don't think it's like a single person mm-hmm. who's selling to make profit on every single token. I think yeah, it I think, just incidentally causes that sort of cascade.
2: Well, in a lot of it, these uh, you know, these bigger crypto funds and whatnot, you know, they've got these um algorithms out there and you know they're 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 in multiple alts and and whatnot and so when you get a certain movement according to the algorithm on bitcoin or on the alt itself or whatever it triggers them to sell which then maybe triggers other of their algos you know triggers and so you know it's just what it is yeah so it's not not like some big conspiracy
0: (laughs) yeah and the final take that i have to just correct because i keep saying it catherine woods knew she sold all her bitcoins everyone is arguing about this in the comments she didn't It's a false narrative. She sold her GBTC position because it went from a 50% discount to a 5% discount. And she moved the money that she made into BITO, which is the Bitcoin futures ETF, in holding for her own Bitcoin spot ETF that is coming. Kathy Woods would not liquidate all of her Bitcoin in advance of the approval of her own spot ETF that she needs To have massive assets under management. It's a false narrative that you guys are reading. It's not true. And at the end of the day, she has a 15% max allocation to Bitcoin adjacent stocks. So she sells Coinbase and GBTC as they do well to rebalance her portfolio and keep it at 15%. And she didn't sell a single Bitcoin, only GBTC and some Coinbase stock. Mm -hmm. Guys, don't buy the FUD. Dude, we have a huge audience. We have a huge audience here. Yeah. About yeah, emotion, narrative. Yeah, we have a huge audience here today, Chris. The opportunity to shill to them uh, everything else you got going on since uh, since they're all here.
2: Hey, listen, man. All I could say, guys, is uh, you know I spent the last year and a half really being a lot more public than I usually am. Um, I've called the. I don't know anybody really that's called more bottoms than I have over this in stocks and crypto uh, over yeah, the last year and a half, and I've explained how they worked and why they were happening, and whatnot. You guys can learn to do this. You really can um, if you want to. We'd love to have you, members.texaswestcapital.com. We've got a group coaching uh, yearly program that we get, um, and, and you learn exactly what I do uh, day in and day out. I'm telling you, it's 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 worth every penny. So,
0: and for those who haven't been here before, Chris taught me many years ago. I'm I I, I knew the basics of trading, but he sharpened my knife, made me a much better trader, removed all the emotions. He's the guy who I credit for being my mentor for largely all of my success in trading. So. And there's a reason he's here every Wednesday, and it's not because I just think he's handsome. Although, I'm sure he's
2: very handsome.
0: Yeah, it's the beard. He's here for the beard. But yeah, guys, you should be following him, checking out everything that he has going on. And on that note, you should also be subscribing to this channel, liking it down below. You've obviously seen that the numbers have exploded. That is a coincidence. No, it's because the market is exceptionally good. We're here every single day. We were here every single day through the bear market. I am committed as I've said, if you guys wonder the ethos of my channel very different than that of other YouTubers that have been successful. I do not want to necessarily be the alpha like other YouTubers. I don't want to tell you what to do. I don't want to tell you what to trade. I want to bring on experts and talk to them, ask them questions so that I can learn and by proxy you can learn with me, right? So, the alpha for my channel is always in the guests, very rarely in me. I consider myself more of a student than a teacher. I always have. And that's what you can expect if you continue to show up here day in, day out like we do. And Chris is here every single Wednesday. One of the three traders that we've chosen to have uh, regularly on these streams. We've got Macro Monday with James Lavish, Mike McGlone, Dave Weisberger. Absolutely incredible content. Thinking about breaking that out into its own complete channel because it's doing so well. We got John Wick on Tuesdays, Chris on Wednesdays. Dan, charting guy, chart guys, amazing alpha on Thursdays. And then I've got NLW on Fridays for the Friday Five. And we're going to be adding more, I can promise you, especially as these numbers goes up, it inspires us to do more. So please subscribe to the channel, see everything we have coming. Chris, sorry you had to sit there through my pitch.
2: That's but, all good, uh, man.
0: You looked great. You looked interested. Guys, I got to go. Twitter spaces, we are back. Crypto Town Hall. i expect I'll see to you there, make. man. It'll be absolutely, absolutely massive. And Chris will be there. So come join us in 15 minutes. Uh, crypto underscore Town Hall is the Twitter account that's on. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Subscribe, like. See you tomorrow. We're going to have another big one tomorrow. I've got James Seyford from Bloomberg tomorrow and Haider Rafik from OKX. So we're going to keep this train rolling. Thanks, guys. See you tomorrow. Bye, Chris. Thank you. That's dope.